Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Delighted on this episode to be talking with comics creator Jamal Eigel. Jamal, welcome. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for saying yes, and thanks for taking a few minutes to talk comics and all of the creating things. Oh, well, you know, my favorite subject. Yeah, this is good. This is a good match. Um, so I, I generally start out with sort of an origins question. I'm, I'm big on literacy and literacy histories and things like that. So just curious about how you got on the path of comics and creating and, and visual storytelling. Well, as a reader, it just sort of seemed like comics were always in my life. My father was a comic book fan. Uh, my mother was very encouraging, especially the the reading part. And there just always seemed to be, I'm a, I'm a child of the 70s, so <laughs> there always just seemed to be, you know, comic book or spec fiction stuff everywhere, on every channel, on, you know, billboards and everything. And probably, I... I would arguably say probably as much as there are now, except it was, you know, back when, you know, I was a kid back in the, back in the seventies, you know, we got a superhero movie, what, once every five years. Maybe. To, yeah. You know, there was a, a kids, there was a long log between the first Superman and Batman movies. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, and you looked forward to it and you looked absolutely. at set photos and all that. Absolutely. Things. But, you know, yeah. and then we also had, you know, we had the Spider Man newspaper script, which I used to devour religiously. And then you had, you know, Batman reruns on television. You had like stuff like Battlestar Galactica and the Incredible Hulk. And, you know, yes. even on Saturday morning, you had stuff like, you know, uh, Electro Woman and Dino Girl. I don't know if you're familiar with that mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so it just always seemed like you know comic books and superheroes were always around and like i said my mother was very encouraging as far as like getting me to read so there was always like some kind of like comic book related thing going on um when i was five my grandfather took me to see superman the movie yeah. and that cemented it for me that I don't know if you can see over my shoulder at the uh, Hot Toys, Christopher Reeve. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, that was one that of the up. first things I noticed. Yep. Yeah, the snatch <laughs> that as, as soon as I saw, what? Yes, it's, it's the action figure I've been waiting for my entire life. Absolutely. So yeah, so, yeah, so that, that really just made it abundantly clear that that was... I don't know if it was my destiny, but it was definitely something that I became very, very intently focused on. And then on the the creation side, kind of the same thing. Like I always drew. I, you know, I started drawing from a kid. I was all I was one of those kids who, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So I was making toys out of pipe cleaners and aluminum foil and you know, old styrofoam packing crates and stuff like that. Um, and then uh, always in art programs, you know, always doing like special projects in school uh, up until, you know, sixth grade. And then uh, gifted and talented, you know, nice, nice, you know yeah. 
and then I went to the high school of art and design, uh, where was my first like real introduction to like the craft of comics. And around that time, I did my internship. I did a seven, uh, six month internship at DC Comics uh-huh. in my the end of my junior year, beginning of my senior year of high school. So you know, my the first you know six months of my senior year, I was going back and forth between school and DC's offices. The old yeah. offices, which were on a uh, six 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 Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, and uh, after I left A and D, uh, I went to the Art Students League. I went to the School of Visual Arts, where I'm a, a professor now. And you know, yeah, again, you know, it was I was just always really, really focused on becoming a comic book creator. You know, everything that. I did up until that point really that was the the ultimate end goal was to be a full-time comics creator yeah but the the relationship with DC continued from the internship (laughs) from the internship that I got my my first published work not the first work that I did in the industry but my first published work which was uh uh, issue of Green Lantern eight pages in an issue of Green Lantern uh, Green Lantern fifty two, right after they introduced Kyle Rayner. Yeah, so yeah. yeah, so that was my first published work, and you know my first uh, regular monthly work, which was Firestorm at uh-huh. DC, uh-huh. and you know I ended up being on contract for seven years and working Nightwing, Supergirl, uh-huh. Uh-huh. World's Finest, and you know just. A, a bunch of different projects over there yeah. and you know all and even now like even with you know the bulk of my work being independent for the most part i still pop over <laughs> to tc and do like covers or like you know stories or you know little little things that i can fit in you know when when yeah. the time present itself but yeah that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah very cool very cool um then I, I was going to ask I, i'm very batman adjacent in all mm. the all of the reading history that i have so uh nightwing is one of those characters and titles that stands out to me but is mm. there one that sort of bubbles to the surface for you from either that time or since wow you know that that is a real that is a really hard question i mean there are individual things that that the, they've done that I've really, really enjoyed over years. I mean, I was a massive Firestorm fan before I got in the book. Same mm-hmm. thing with Nightwing. I had like complete runs of both series long before, you know, I, I worked on the book. So obviously, you know, but, you know, it, it sounds weird, you know, talking about your own work. <laughs> um, there have there've been a lot of things that they've done. You know, one of my favorite one-shot stories that they did um was uh jla jsa virtue and vice uh, by jeff johns and carlos pacheco Uh and i just felt like like you know i'm from you know i'm old school i'm familiar with all the crises and you know crisis on earth x and you know crisis you know all the old you know jsa stories and Mm -hmm. All the events, all the all the events, but I felt like that was Jeff's love letter 
at the yeah. time to DC. There's, you know, and then you have you know the late Carlos Pacheco, who was brilliant then, continued to be even more brilliant, and you know his his loss, it's it's still felt because I just, I just adored his work, uh-huh. and took the opportunity to tell him so, at, you know at one point. Uh, and he was very, very kind. Um, yes. Yeah, it, it, but I just, that's like one of my favorite stories uh, that they've done. And there've been a few, you know, I, you know, if you look on my shelf, I've got like complete run of Starman on my shelf, Ex Machina, uh-huh. you know, uh, Grant Morrison and Frank Whiteley's Batman, Robin, you know, just, you know, a bunch of that. You know, this is just a bunch of stuff. I'm, you know, I'm a comic book fan, even to this day, you know, which seems to be, you know, a a rarity, unfortunately, with creators. But I think a lot of that uh, can come from just familiarity, you know, having yeah. been in the business for a long time and not really, you know, enjoying it for for what it could be. Uh-huh. as a creative outlet I think, you know you, you know how it is you know when the thing that you love becomes your job sometimes it's very hard to separate the two i'm just yeah. i guess i'm just kind of lucky because i still love comics uh-huh. Uh-huh. as a whole and i still love superhero comics as a whole yeah okay. uh, you mentioned carlos being particularly kind any other especially kind folks along the way that you would want to shout out or, or upcoming talents uh, oh, stepping into that teacher role a little bit too. You know, you know, that, that, that's, that's hard to nail down because I have to be honest, like most of the people that I've had the opportunity to meet in comics have just been, you know, some of the, the sweetest and most self-effacing uh-huh. People, you know, ridiculously talented and in many cases, very, very humble. Um, But man, I mean, I'm just like, I'm in, it's, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Who's the kindest podcaster you've met? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Oh. So what is it like stepping into that teacher role from uh the creating side of things? Well, I mean, it, it was the second time that I taught because I was an instructor at the Art Students League uh, about 16 years ago before uh, my daughter was born. And I stepped away when my daughter was born because I just didn't, no longer had the time to be a full-time comics creator and a teacher and a dad and a new dad at the, at the time. Uh, and it was a little bit daunting. I wasn't sure if I had the, the patience to be a teacher anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, because it had been so long and even though I've done you know workshops that have been to symposiums and I've spoken at schools you know into the intervening years as you know you know it's a very different thing to be in a classroom Uh with you know in my case you know 16 you know sophomore college students some of Uh whom 
there are really this is their first real foray into learning the nuts and bolts of putting together a comic book page and understanding the mechanics behind sequential storytelling yeah so so you know and it it ended up being a really really good experience so i'm I'm looking forward to the fall Uh you know Uh my class is full it's going to be interesting i've I've got my 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 uh my sea legs under me now nice nice. just walk in to the room and just be like i'm here to help but i'm not an easy a so (laughs) i expect i expect a lot Well, hey, you're reflecting and you're holding high expectations. So, I mean, it sounds like you've got the craft. It sounds oh, yeah. like well, it. I, I, I had to, I had to, and I don't want to say temper my expectations uh, because that's the, it's probably the wrong word. I, I would say that because I hadn't been in a classroom situation, and especially going back to you know the college that I was a student at mm-hmm. and having the a very different perspective because when I was you know at SVA back in the early 90s it was a much more a much more cutthroat experience yeah yeah than it is now and you know college has there I was one of the things that I was very very surprised by but happily surprised by was the collaborative spirit that these kids have and the willingness to not just share but encourage each other Uh which was wonderful to see and really really like the the kids that i had in my class really stepped up to the plate for the most Uh part i i threw a lot at them and you know the the first semester was interesting (laughs) because you could just see sort of like the the, the deer in the headlights just kind of look on their faces half the time like what? we have to do all of that right like, right you gotta there's a lot there's a, there's a lot involved in putting together a comic book <laughs> i i knew it was labor intensive but before i started doing these interviews in this show i didn't realize all of the things i didn't realize all of the pieces I, i've learned a lot just in talking yeah. with folks on here and listening to someone say yeah i've redone the same page 12 times <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not that bad i i have had a couple of instances i have my slush pile which is basically like an old fedex mailing box where mm-hmm. if i start a page and it isn't working out instead of ripping it up like sometimes i'll rip it up but instead of ripping it up i'll just shove it in there yeah you know, and and move and move on yeah but you know my my process in general is very methodical so by the time i'm working on the finished page i pretty much have 80 percent of what i want to do already worked out in the the layout stage so it really a lot of it really is just refinement and you know polish at mm-hmm. that point you know for me a lot of the of a lot of the real thinking goes on during the thumbnailing and the layout stage so yeah. it, it just sort of makes it easier for me in general nice nice yeah 
the the benefit of experience and yeah, getting well, that process. You know, I, yeah, I have <laughs> I've been doing this since you know before dinosaurs roamed the earth. Now, so <laughs> um, so I, I also like to ask about creative directions, next mm-hmm. steps, spaces where people can connect, events, all of those sort of things. Oh. Any of those pieces that you'd like to share? Oh yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Uh, right now, I am working on. I do a series with Ahoy Comics called The Wrong Earth. We've been doing it for about five years, and this is actually a, the the company's fifth anniversary. So um, we've got a brand new two issue story coming out uh, starting the end of October, October 20, Wednesday, October 25th, called uh, The Wrong Earth, We Can Be Heroes. And it picks up uh, sometime after the events of the last, our last full miniseries, which was called Wrong Earth, Night and Day. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we find out what's been happening on Earth Alpha, which is the, uh, the campy uh, 60, 70-ish universe of a uh, dragonfly man one of our heroes yes so lots we, of we, fun yeah uh-huh. so we, we catch up with with uh, the mayor the bank president and the chief of police as they struggle with uh, a world turned topsy-turvy as the villains have taken over in uh-huh. the uh, with the absence of dragonfly man and stinger so um so yeah we're we're doing so we're doing that we got two issues uh the second issue comes out in december uh Deadly Dats and the Forever Machine, which is the series that I, that I did with Scott Snyder for Comicsology, should be coming out in print fairly soon. They have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it'll be in solicitations at some point. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know exactly when yet, but soon. And uh, let's see conventions. So my next convention is uh, Baltimore Comic Con. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I think. Yes, that that's uh, yes, Baltimore Comic Con in September, uh New York Comic Con in October, and then in November I am doing the Twin Cities Con in uh, Minnesota and Motor City Comic Con in nice. Detroit in, in Novi. So yeah, so that'll be uh, that's my my fall winter convention tour and uh you can reach me I am still on whatever x twitter whatever mm-hmm, i'm still mm-hmm. i'm still there as um i'm on uh blue sky if you're on blue sky i know they're still rolling that out somewhat i'm on spoutable i am on facebook one of these guys has got to win hey, right, right yeah i know? keep saying like signal flare like somebody's got to get one that just I you know. put it up and it shoots everywhere and I, that way yeah. we're just done exactly so i'm on <laughs> I'm on Spoutable, I'm on Threads, I'm on Blue Sky, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. Just, you know, type in Jamal Eigel and you will find me. Yeah, yeah. The last person I interviewed said that they were thinking about coming up with their own, because why not at this point? So, <laughs> you know, everybody's, I mean, you know, I mean, the, the, here's the problem. Is that, you know, the, the, the entertainment folks tend to migrate to these sites first. Mm-hmm. So they they tend to populate the sites. So nobody has picked a winner. Yeah. Like they're trying to see how long it will take for Twitter to finally crater so that they're forced, so everybody is forced to leave. Mm-hmm. So nobody's been forced, really forced to leave. It's been sort of all voluntary. So once that happens, then you know the rest of the the social media apps can battle it out for dominance. That's and, right. You know, that's right. Whoever you know, whoever takes the head gets the quickening, as they say. 
It's so, social yeah. media Darwinism. It, absolutely. Who knew, absolutely. Who knew that would happen? Probably. Yeah. Then hopefully, in the end, there can be only one. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm picturing now like a quickening. Um, I, but, that's and, what but, I, <laughs> <laughs> All of the followers go to you with exactly. all of the powers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, did we miss anything in, in the interview that you want to make sure to mention and to put out there and, and love to Dragonfly Man as well, I have to say. Uh, I think I caught uh, that on like NetGalley when it was first coming out. Yeah. Uh, and I've enjoyed it since. Thanks. Yeah, no, it, yeah. it's it's they're my boys and girls and you know it, it's it's one of my favorite things to work on in the world. It really is. Um no, I think we covered everything. I think we're good. In, in a short form. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Jamal. It's a, it's a pleasure to share about your work, and I would be glad to talk with you again anytime. Absolutely. Thank you, Jason.